Owning an investment property can be challenging, but it doesn't have to be. At Heritage Realty Property Management, they handle the challenges for you, ensure it's rented, maintained, and gets the highest return possible, while you just collect the check. With over 50 years experience, you can trust Heritage Realty to provide the property care you want and rental knowledge you need. Visit HeritageRealtyKnox.com to connect with the team more landlords trust. Heritage Realty. We treat your property as if it were our own. Well, basically, uh, you know, I addressed with uh, the head coach that uh, I will remember that <laughs> because of that timeout. And uh, for someone to touch me, and I think that was very uncalled for them to touch me as we were verbalizing and communicating with one another. So uh, that's what ended up happening. And that's what escalated it. Well, that's Jawan Howard. 25, 30 minutes following their 14-point loss at the Cole Center Sunday to Wisconsin. And then yesterday, shortly before dinner time, the Big Ten handed out the punishment, a five-game suspension for Michigan head coach Jawan Howard. Howard then shortly after handed out a statement after taking time to reflect on all that happened. I realize how unacceptable both my actions and words were and how they affected so many. I'm truly sorry from there. He handed out sincere apologies not only to the Michigan to the Michigan fans, but also to the Wisconsin staff, including John Krabenhoff, who he got his hands on. I should say Jim Krabenhoff, excuse me, uh, who he accidentally hit, slap, punch, whatever it is. Punishment doesn't fit the crime as we welcome you back to 99.1 here inside the starting lineup on the Sports Animal. Jawan Howard, five games. Thumbs up, down? I, I would I would like to see a little bit more, but I think it's as long as, at the end of the day, this is enough that other coaches will think twice about trying to do things like this. One, two, Jawan Howard learns his lesson. And, yep. I, and I think, like, shame is a, is a powerful motivator. <laughs> so, so there are times that, like, we don't want to, I mean, it is. So, Embarrassment's a motivator. Jawan Howard's been crushed, and and, he, and, he, and he, you know, rightfully so. He deserved it. He brought it on himself. But I, I do think at the end of the day, Jawan Howard probably learned his lesson. He needed to, because again, we were there was a, I, I didn't realize this, and I saw Doug Gottlieb share it. There was a Rutgers game where there was a similar situation happen where he had to be pulled away by his assistant coaches. He was just way too invested in it that way. And so he, I, at the end of the day, what you wanted two things. Other coaches to know, don't ever do this again. And Jawan Howard put himself in a position to be made an example of. And two, Jawan Howard to understand this is not acceptable behavior. I don't care where, you know what I mean? And he talked about where he came from. <clears throat> it doesn't matter where you came from. You don't get to act this way. So it, it, not, not in polite society. And so Jawan Howard learned his lesson. And so it's five games to me is not quite enough. I would have liked to have seen the rest of the year and he can come back next year because I would want to make sure it's nuclear option that every coach has in the back of their mind a healthy fear that I don't get to do this ever again. And it would let me not go too far because I don't want to get sat for, you know, eight, 12 games or something like that. But I don't have a huge problem with this as long as justice is served and as long as he gets he understands he doesn't get to do it again. So here's the crazy part. You want to talk about people were kind of looking at it from, well, why did Juwan react the way that he did? Or why did Greg Gard react the way that he did? Which, by the way, Greg Gard, he got his punishment from Wisconsin. No suspension and a $10,000 fine. So before I even continue with my point, what are your thoughts on Wisconsin and how they handed out the punishment? That's $10,000 lighter in the wallet for Gard. Yeah, look, I, I don't have a huge problem with that. He, should he have walked away and a lot of to escalate? Yes. But I will say this. I saw so many people say, and, and look, Greg Gard's kind of a jerk, too. There's also that. And so <laughs> there's a lot of people that 
just don't like Greg Gard because he just doesn't seem like publicly the nicest guy. Former Wisconsin <laughs> coach Bo Ryan would agree with you, yeah. Yeah, but, but but there's a lot of so the one thing that I look at it with with the guard situation, I've seen so many people that have said, well, if Greg Gard doesn't grab him and try to try to explain the situation, then this doesn't escalate to all of that. And I would say that lacks emotional intelligence. Like it's it's not someone else's. If someone tries to look, if I'm mad and somebody tries to like grab my arm and talk me down. And, and then I go off and just and just explode everywhere. It's still on me, man. Like like people, I still have to own that. And right. so I've seen a lot of people defend Juwan during this. And I, and I love Juwan, and I don't like Greg Gard. I'll be honest. But you, you're still accountable for your actions, and Juwan's accountable for his act. And so it's not Greg Gard's fault what Juwan did because Greg Gard isn't a particularly likable guy. So I saw a collage somebody had put together on social. Of guard and Jawan Howard cutting up pregame, postgame. These guys look like that they're butts. No masks on, cutting up, pushing each other, hanging out, just a couple boys hanging out, laughing pregame. So when people ask, why did Greg Gard feel like that he could do the whole elbow grab slash handshake? Like, hey, hey, slow down. Let me explain to you what I was doing. It it seems like that these guys are pretty hunky dory off the court. But Jawan Howard wanted nothing to do with it that particular day. To your point, back to what we talked about yesterday, Jawan Howard, him taking this whole emotional approach of, you know, whether it's what he said yesterday or I should say Sunday with Greg Gard or how he approached the Mark Turgeon incident last year in the Big Ten tournament. This whole, I'm a warrior, here's how I was raised, you can't Or do I that. get to do you it because I feel up. like it. I the get to do it because I feel shoulder. like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Go on, Dr. Phil, with your feelings. Nobody cares. You're an adult. You know what I mean? So control your emotions and do the best you can. We all let our emotions get the best of us at some point in time, but we're all wrong every single time we do it, and that doesn't make it okay. And, so I, and look, we, we had a lot of people in the mentions last night. that were. I thought it was a very heartfelt statement from, from Juwan. He owned it, and that's what he needed to do was own it. And whether he wanted to own it or not, he had to. Um, but we had a lot of people that asked the question, well, why, if I do this at my job, I'm going to get arrested and get fired. Why does Juwan get a free, get a pass on this with just a five game suspension? Yeah. He should have been fired with cause. I would just say, this isn't the way we treat sports. Nolan Ryan and Rob Ventura aren't in prison. Didn't go to prison. Rob miles Garrett isn't in jail. You know what I mean? Like right now and didn't get a charge with assault. The Michigan players who threw the haymakers didn't get charged with assault. Now, if you want to make the argument that we should start treating sports like regular society, I'll, I'm here. For, I'll listen to that argument. I mean, I would, I would be willing to listen to it. It's just a matter of this would be a weird time to decide that we're going to hold sports people accountable to act like the rest of society does. Do you have a zero tolerance policy moving forward with Jawan Howard? If anything yeah, you close gotta. to this happens, do you ax him? You got it. You got it. Absolutely have to. Either either he learns to control himself or he can go do something else. That's Will West, Tyler Ivan, 712 for your Tuesday morning, 656-9900, would you miss? Perhaps yesterday you had the day off due to President's Day. No sweat. We'll get you caught up now. A reset. Logan Ward, he's got an update for you on 99.1, the sports animal. Tyler Wogan, morning Michigan head coach Dewan Howard has been suspended five games, which is the rest of the regular season, and fined $40,000 for hitting a Wisconsin assistant coach following Sunday's game. Wisconsin head coach Greg Card was not suspended, but was fined $10,000. New top 25 poll in college basketball. Tennessee fell down to number 17 following a 1-1 one one week. Other teams of no Auburn slid down to number 3. Kentucky fell down two spots to number 6, and Arkansas jumped up to number 18. The Lady Vols fell down to number 16 after an 0-2 week. Tennessee wide receiver coach Cody Burns has been hired away by the New Orleans Saints to coach the same position. It's 7-13. Pete Michaels traffic's up next.
Have a good morning. I'm Logan Ward. Place like Columbia, Missouri later tonight, and it's never, ever, ever fun to go to Columbia, Missouri, whether it's facing an old coach, whether it's because sometimes it can be just a whorehouse of nightmares and all that stuff, the killing and the blood and it can just it can it can it can really make a lot of people's confidence get bent at the knee. Ask Mississippi State. They had to wait till the 39-38 minute mark last uh, Sunday, two days ago, to be able to knock off Missouri and Columbia. As we welcome you back to the starting lineup, 99.1, the sports animal. Hey, but Will, I will say this though, I've got a prescription for you, and it's no nine o'clock Columbia Missouri games because we thought for sure that was definitely going to happen. That's a seven o'clock uh, yeah, tip off tonight. Thank the good Lord, right? Because it's uh, it could be a whole, whole, whole lot worse. Uh, look, it, it, Missouri's not good. They've, they've lost 11 of 14, uh, including three in a row. It's the second three in a row stretch of losses that they've had, and it's not like they're losing to Murder's Row or anything like that. So, yeah, right. lost to Arkansas, good team. Um, got blown out by them, 19 points. Lost by 19 points at Mississippi State. Lost to Mississippi State with the made-up COVID game. Um, just a couple of days later. So it's a team that's tired. It's a team that's not very good. They probably want the season to mercifully come to an end. They have a forward named Kobe Brown, who's pretty good. And that is about it. They're going to lock you down. They're pretty good defensively. You're not getting 80 for the most part against them. It's been a long time since anybody got to 80 points against Missouri. Um, you go back to, I think Alabama. And it was one of those nights against Alabama where they, you know, it is with Alabama. Nate Oates had just hit three pointers. And, and it is what it is. But this was, yeah, you go to January 22nd. It's the last time that anybody scored 80 points against uh, Missouri. But it's, so look, this is going to be ugly. You're going to question whether or not you should have ever become a basketball fan to begin with as you're watching this game. Tennessee probably is going to win this late game, most likely. The uh, FBI from, for BPI, excuse me, from ESPN gives Tennessee a 93% chance of winning this game. I think that's about right. Oh, that good, huh? From, yeah. For, <laughs> from here, though, I think I was, what you're, look, what, what, what are you trying to accomplish is the question. One, win the game, make sure your guys are checked in on a Tuesday night game because sometimes they aren't. Two, you're away from home. You have two more games away from home before every game's away from home. So what you want to see your guys do, in my opinion, is have a decent shooting night away from the away from home, right? Just, it, you can't just always have the comfy sidelines and that be enough to carry you. Tennessee's handled their business at home. They've not done a whole lot on the road. Um, but but it's time to it's it's time to figure some things out against a team that you can probably just roll the basketball out there against and beat down. Let me take it a step further. Is this the last time Tennessee is going to be taking on Missouri with Conzo Martin as their head coach? I think he gets I mean, another year. Things are bad, and things are bad in Georgia with Tom Cream, but they, you could argue they're just as bad for Conzo in Columbia. I would say they're worse right now. Now you have a couple of decent. So Zoe's kind of gone back to doing what he did that that made him successful to begin with, which is. You know, high three, low four star guys and dudes that are going to graduate and be, you know what I mean, good quality young men instead of trying to go after the one and done kids and stuff like that. And you're looking at two years in a row, though, where it's going to be a sub 500 basketball team because of that. He, he's done what he yep. had to do, which was clean up the kid can, that can, Kim Anderson and Frank Haith left that program in. Um, it's in better shape than when he found it. And so there, there is that. But they haven't won a 17th game in a season since 2017-2018. That is a long time. So, look, if I was Missouri, I would give him one more year. But given that it's $2 tickets to get in tonight, if they decide to move on from Conzo, I completely understand. 
overall, when you look at Tennessee's performance, man, I I hate that I'm saying this because it just seems like that it's such a lazy, just kind of just leave it out there. Anybody can respond to it. But, man, just when I think I figured Tennessee out, winners of eight in a row, Will, I watched them just dreadful shooting against Arkansas. You head back again to the central time zone. Will, I'm going to make this lazy statement, and it's not good for a professional like me, but, man, Tennessee's back to that picture again where I feel like they can beat anybody on any given night. And here's the lazy statement of I think Tennessee can lose to anybody on any given night. I'm not saying Tennessee's going to lose to Missouri tonight. I'm just saying – Man, it just that that Arkansas loss was a little deeper than just on the surface of hey, you shot sixteen percent from three and lost by ten points to a better Arkansas team. Yeah, look, I just think you miss shots. I mean, if you're if you're but here's the problem: you're on the road again, and if you make, if you keep missing shots exactly. on the road, and you keep missing open uh, open looks on the road, you're gonna look at this and say, okay, how good can you really be in tournament time if you could only shoot a Thompson Bowling Arena? And so th- that's why again, what are we trying to get accomplished? A win. Um, you, you should beat this team. You're a 10 point favorite here. I mean, I think that, uh, Tennessee is a runaway favorite here and they should be, but you want to not just win. you would have been able to knock down shots away from Thompson bowling arena. Cause it's been a minute since Tennessee has been able to do that. And they haven't been able to, to do it consistently all year. And you're about to go to the sec tournament and have to only play away from home. And then you're about to go to the NCAA tournament and play only away from home. You only get two more at Thompson bowling arena this year. So you got to figure this out. Now you have this game in the Georgia game. Figure it out, and that's what Tennessee's going to have to do, and this is a good opportunity to do that against a, a very good defensive Missouri team. How well can you shoot against a good defensive team? This is the thing you're working on tonight, in my opinion. That's Will West, Tyler Ivan, 725-656-9900. And a little bit of a pass-along, if we may. Do you like winning stuff from our station? I, I see a lot of names come up often of people who love to get free stuff. Our friends over at Coors Light want to give you an opportunity to chill it and grill it. So if you're looking for an opportunity to score a brand new Yeti cooler, if you're looking for an opportunity to score a grill, look, spring's right around the corner. You just heard Will mention it moments ago. It is going to be in the 70s today. This rain is going to move out, and before you know it, with spring here, you're going to want to be outside. Bumblebees, flowers, hot grill, cold drinks, chill it and grill it. Your chance to score from Coors Light coming up in the next, eh, we'll call it what, 20, 25 minutes right here on your official flagship station for Tennessee basketball. 99.1, you're listening to these Sports Animal. Ivan, right, we, bragged, we bragged all week about, or about all offseason about Tennessee now losing a single coach in this coaching staff. Yeah, we did. And here we are, Cody Burns leaving Tennessee's coaching staff. Now, I don't think it's the end of the world. Cody Burns gets a, frankly, I think he's leaving for a better gig. But it is still a loss, and Cody Burns did a fantastic job at Tennessee. I think you tip your cap to him and say, we appreciate you and congratulate you on your upward mobility, but it is what it is from there, right? Let me ask you a question. And it's one that perhaps maybe there's nothing there. Just kind of flick it and just move on. Yeah. Did Cody Burns jump to the NFL because it was a telltale sign on how things were going to be handled this offseason when it came to pay raises for Josh Heupel and the Tennessee coaching staff? Cody Burns made $300,000 last year as the wide receivers coach at the University of Tennessee. All last week, we were chatting about, hey, look, he's getting an extension. He's getting an extension. This coach is getting an extension outside of Knoxville. This guy is outside of Knoxville. And we were, I wouldn't say advocating, but we just assumed connecting the dots that Josh Heupel, it would behoove Danny White to make a similar move with not only Josh, but also with his coaching staff. 
did Cody Burns jet because, hey, it's the NFL and, you know, the grass is always greener on the top level of the National Football League? Or by chance, did maybe Cody Burns kind of get a little bit of a hint, hint, whisper, whisper, there are no pay raises coming and he could leave for the NFL now and not lose any money or leave any money on the table? No, no, no. I think Cody Burns left because he got a better job. And that's that's okay. why he left. They, okay. they, being the look, I and I love Tennessee, but being the off being the wide receivers coach at the New Orleans Saints is better than being the wide receivers coach at, at Tennessee. The worst case scenario one, you don't have to recruit. So that's just eight hours of your day removed, and you can just focus on football. And unless you're the, and he's a good recruiter, but unless you're the guy that guy that's just died in the wool, I want to recruit guy, I, I just have a hard time believing that that I mean, why would you want to do that if you don't? Unless you're just that dude that loves it. Some dudes love the scoreboard from recruiting. Saban's that guy that loves recruiting. I I can't imagine the majority of coaches are after hearing some coaches tell me about the things they have to do. That when when they recruit, I can't fathom anybody wants to sign up for that on purpose. Right. Um, so it's it's a better. It's also the highest level of football. It's the same job at the highest level of football. And where he's at right now is not the highest level of football. He's a really good coach. And the fact that Cody Burns can go from seven and five team that was as big of a train wreck as Tennessee was prior to this coaching staff getting here to already being there at, at the Saints tells me a lot about it, a lot about what people think of him and his his job as a coach. I would also say, look, if, if Cody Burns played quarterback, wide receiver, he he's a kind of he's still a really young guy. If he ever wants to be an offensive coordinator, this is how you do it. You go somewhere like the Saints. You run Sean Payton's offense, even though Sean Payton's not the coach there. You're still going to try to run his offense. And he'll be 34 next year. He's 33 right now, just turned 33. And so if he wants to be an offensive coordinator, this is how you do it. You go be the wide receivers coach somewhere like the Saints, and then you go get an offensive coordinator job somewhere, and you try to move yourself up. This is the path to upward mobility and trajectory for a guy like Cody Burns at 34 years of age. So, you know, Alex Golish, people were barking up his tree already this offseason. A lot of people were wanting, you know, a couple of Tennessee assistants to leave for Durham, North Carolina. I know Duke had, uh, you know, Bart Sniff done a couple of things to try to get them to leave Knoxville. Um, tough to say, but I'll put your feet to the fire. Cody Burns is the only one Tennessee loses off this coaching staff this offseason. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Unless, look, unless somebody else, I I mean, you could do a whole lot worse than linebackers coach if you're an NFL team. I'll say that, right? <laughs> so if you decided to go that route, but look, it's, it's, it, this is not bad, right? If you, if you go seven to five this year and only lose one guy and only lose that guy because he's going to the national football league and he's got a better yeah. job. I, 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 I look at, I still look at this and say, look, good leadership is as happy for their people when they get an upward trajectory. Yes. Cody Burns put a really nice statement up for about his his gratitude for the University of Tennessee. And and this is something that Eric Kane's mentioned a couple of times to us this this off season. We probably don't give Cody Burns enough credit for the job that he did because Valus was just athlete guy and we just saw Matt Miller from ESPN pointing out over the weekend that Valus Jones is a guy that a lot of scouts are talking about right now because at the Senior Bowl he was the second fastest player on the field as far as zebra technology where they actually measure how fast you run during game time and he yeah. was also one of the best route runners and to put the two of those together Valus was not a route runner prior to Cody Burns getting there look at what what he's done with Cedric Tillman and the jo- and the way that he improved that guy from That's being a, a dude point. that you're like, can he get on the field or maybe they need to find somebody else above him to Cedric Tillman being a dang weapon for Tennessee this year. So I, I just think he did a great job with his dudes. He, they blocked really well as well. And uh, you know, that's something that people have always told me is you can tell how well an offensive a wide receiver core is do is coached by how well they block. 
And he just did a really good job coaching his unit. And now he gets the the call to be, you know, to get called up to the, to the NFL. This is like in the call up from double a to, to the, to the majors. And that's what Cody Burns is getting right now. You know, and, and I say this it more than just the physical talented aspect. Remember last year, Valus, he had that tight hammy or maybe it was the quad. It was a lower body injury. And I believe it was the hamstring that kept him out of the starting lineup the first two games of the year. And Valus, anytime he did a media veil, he always applauded Cody Burns about not what he was doing physically for him, but what he was doing mentally for him. Remember, this is Valus Jones who decided to stick around, not transfer. After Pruitt was dismissed, they kept Josh Heupel, or they bring Josh Heupel in. And Cody Burns comes in, makes this transition and says, not only are you injured, but we're going to find a way to keep you mentally in tune. And Bayless praised him so much because you're look at you. You're Bayless Jones. You know what you are, speed kills type of guy. Now you're trying to make a transition, learning this new offense, and then you can't even get out of the blocks the way you want because of your health. Cody Burns is that relationship builder, what he was able to do mentally for Bayless Jones, as you already pointed out. Will, he went from not being able to start games his first uh, couple games here in the first year with Josh Heupel to – shining in the Shrine Bowl, the Senior Bowl, forgive me, whatever it was, the postseason accolades he was picking up. Good on Cody Burns for just being be able to being able to build relationships like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And being being able to keep guys mentally focused when they're when they're injured and, and helping guys helping helping us players get better. I mean I think we forget about that sometimes. Sometimes we're we're so focused on the outcome that we're that it's about, well, how much can I get out of this guy so that we can go win games as opposed to when your young people come to Tennessee and they sign that letter of intent and they come here and they're, they get their scholarship and they do their thing. You also want to know and feel good about the fact that your coaches are making players better when they get here. Cody Burns did that in one, just one year here. He did that. And he did that with more than more than a couple guys. And so you know, it's going to be a tough guy to replace. We'll see what they do if they promote from within or if they decide to uh, hire somebody from outside. At this point with Heibel, you got to give him the benefit of the doubt as far as that he's going to find somebody to, pretty good to replace Cody Burns because he did hire Cody. Look, at the, the job they have done with the individual position coaches has been fantastic across the board. And with the coordinators, has been fantastic across the board. So now you just say, okay, what can we do as far as replacing Cody Burns? This is part of it, and it's especially part of success is that even though Tennessee didn't have a ton of success, but they had more success than people most people thought they were going to have this year, um, this is what comes with it, is that you lose coaching. You lose coaches to to other jobs, to upward mobility for them, whether it's the NFL or to take a bigger position. This is, this is going to come with it. Look at Nick Saban. He, re, he turns over his whole dang coaching staff every year, except Pete Golden, you know, which Alabama fans can't seem to ever get out of that place. Uh, Cody Burns had a nice little payday waiting for him this year. Remember, he had it from a severance package from Auburn. He was still collecting 125 a year on top of what he was already making here. So he actually yeah. got the bump. So it was 300000 this year plus the 125 of severance. He was going to make the jump to four, uh, four and a quarter this year at the University of Tennessee. So, Will, to your point, if you get a nice payday on top of it, kind of kickstarts your career of later being an offensive coordinator down the line. That's a win-win for Cody Burns, and we wish him nothing but the uh, yep. best because obviously yeah, he was a huge asset. Yeah, man, look, he, he was a really nice asset, and for him, really nice upward trajectory and upward mobility for him. He's kind of kind of a, a low key. Not a lot of people are talking about it, but that's the, he could be an upcoming star in the coaching world. He really could. That, that guy's really, really, really good and really, really well respected. A name to pen to the cork board down the line. You could see the emergence of Cody Burns, as Will just pointed out. Tennessee with a loss, looking to fill that void as quickly as possible. 7.40, we're 20 in front of the hour of 8 o'clock. Lots to get into, including the punishment handed down from Michigan. Not the Big Ten, 
Michigan jumped in front of the conference and said, uh-uh, we'll handle this. We'll take care of this. The suspension, it's stiff, but it's not to the end of the season. Some questions about how the Wolverines could have handled the Juwan Howard situation Sunday in Madison with Greg Gard. We explain more on the other side, on the starting lineup. 99.1, you're listening to the Sports Animal. Logan Ward's got your update. How Well, Michigan coach Jawan Howard has been suspended five games. That is the rest of the regular season. And also fined $40,000 for hitting a Wisconsin assistant coach following Sunday's game. Wisconsin head coach Greg Card was not suspended, but was also fined $10,000. Two Michigan players and one Wisconsin player have all been suspended one game. Last night in college basketball, number 22 Ohio State took down Indiana 82-69 in overtime. Number 10 Baylor held off Oklahoma State in overtime as as well 66 to 64 and number 12 UCLA got by Arizona State 66 to 52 new AP top 25 polls in college basketball Tennessee fell down to number 17 following a one and one week and the Lady Vols dropped down to number 16 after going 0 and 2 last week at 7:41, P. Michael's traffic's up next have a good morning I'm Logan Ward not one or two five five game suspension for Michigan coach Jawan Howard after his incident with Wisconsin coach Greg Gard on Sunday, releasing a statement apologizing to all parties involved, including the the Michigan fan base. But, Will, his season is not over. The Michigan head basketball coach is going to be sitting on the sidelines five games, and he's going to be able to coach in the Indianapolis Big Ten tournament. And let me remind you, Joe Lenardi released his bracketology last night. 68 spots. Who's the 68th and last team where if they were voting or putting teams in today, it would be the Michigan Wolverines. What is going on at in Ann Arbor? 14 and 11. Jeez, what's that say about the tournament field this year, right? Um, look, I- But if you look at those last five games quickly, outside of Rutgers, there are four quad one wins available for Michigan. And who's yeah. the assistant who's taken over for Jawan? A guy who knows something about the NCAA tournament and winning big. Phil Martelli, who was doing big things at St. Joe's in the A-10 like a decade plus ago. So if you're going to hand the reins over to somebody, Martelli is a seasoned vet. I'm not saying, yeah, 68-69. That's a little crazy that Michigan's even in the field. But, Will, they can certainly improve their resume without Jawan Howard over at least the next two weeks plus. Yeah, look, so, so the big question is, is this enough? Was this enough in your opinion? Five games, is that enough that of a punishment? Yeah, and to be frank, I thought it was going to be fewer than that. Because, you know, you brought up the point yesterday, for it to be more than two games, you had to get a committee together. And, and, and here's the crazy thing about that. That's why I thought it was only going to be two games. Because I thought, you know what, nobody's going to see this eye to eye. They're going to see there's going to be a lot of people. A lot of people are going to be responsible for this incident. I'm surprised it got to five. I think five's plenty. Here's the part that just is bonkers to me. It wasn't the Big Ten. Michigan beat them to the punch. So that just shows you how Michigan is is viewing the situation as well, Will. Yeah, it does. And but but I think they probably had to negotiate that. Of it'll be this, and maybe that's how they got him not being out for the season. Um, it's by having Michigan do it so they didn't have to go to this committee and this thing's two weeks later and you sure. played two, three more games by the time we get to that point uh, before there's actually a suspension and this just lingers over the Big Ten in Michigan's head. This may have been how they negotiated this because that's how things like that get done. I Look, I would have liked to have seen the whole year. My concern is this. You get to Indianapolis, if Michigan, based on the way that they are seated right now, if Michigan wins two games, who would they play in the semifinals? Yep. 
Wisconsin. <laughs> Whiskey, and, I would, I, of and, course. I, and I don't want to see this year those two guys on the same sideline again. So that that's kind of the, the, the one of the reasons why. And also, again, the, the biggest thing was making sure the punishment is severe enough that there's a healthy fear in the mind of every other coach out there because we've seen some other guys get real close to things like this happening over the last couple of weeks. So is this enough that I think that it sends the message? Yes, I think it sends a message. Could Would I have done more? Yes, I would have done more. But I'm kind of splitting hairs by the time to say conference tournament, you're out, NCAA tournament, you're out, things like that. I'm splitting hairs by the time we get to that point. Five games is not nothing by any stretch of the imagination. He released a statement which showed contrition. And I believe him when he says it. I do. I, I believe that look, because shame is a heck of a motivator. And I think that Juwan Howard got shamed. And I think it helped him learn his lesson here. And if he does it again, he's got to go and he can never coach again in college athletics. But as long as he learns his lesson from this, takes his punishment, other coaches look at this and say, yeah, this isn't something we can play around with. I think it's fine at the end of the day. You brought up an incident with Rutgers or Doug Gottlieb. You brought up a, a comment from Doug. Yeah, Gottlieb. video Doug. Yeah, video Doug Gottlieb shared of. Uh, they, he shared an incident with the, the Maryland incident, and then he also shared that incident with Rutgers, where Jawan Howard had to be held back by his assistant coaches from going after the opposing coach. If you're a university right now, or if you're a parent who this coach is going to come in and recruit. Like, I'm going to put you in your shoes, all right? I mean, you're a parent. you got a kid who's a stud. Michigan needs him for not a fi- another Final Four run. Or you're a booster for the Michigan program, whatever it may be. How are you even looking at this right now? Because if I'm looking at somebody who my coach at any time can just turn around and just start wailing at another coach, I mean, I question what is happening in practices, kind of how he is mentoring my kids. I mean, I'm... I'm a 35-year-old guy who doesn't have any children. I'm not married. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know how to put myself in those shoes. How are you viewing how Jawan Howard has acted since taking over for John Beeline? Well, it's so so he's been way out of line with some things, but I don't think he's been a bad guy. I would say, look, as long as I felt like he learned his lesson and the contrition helps. I don't. I don't need to get to be perfect. I need to got to be accountable. And it seems yeah. like right now Howard was not accountable in the past to, to these types of things. He's accountable right now. And so as long as moving forward, he learned his lesson and he understands that because I, I think sometimes that can be good for kids to see nobody's perfect. But when you when you make mistakes, own it and it's a bad summit, right? Own it. Correct it. That's what you got to do. And because we all are going to make mistakes. And so I think it can be a valuable life lesson. I would have been concerned on Sunday because when I watch my players sucker punching people and haymakers thrown and stuff like that, and it wasn't enough for him to click in the back of his mind. Hey, maybe maybe I shouldn't have done that um, and, and helped set all of this off. That to me was was concerning, but if he's really learned his lesson, I would want to have that conversation, but I think it's okay. We've had a lot of listeners who have asked the question, well, what's the difference here between if I did this on my job, I'd be fired. If you did this to, you know, if you just started slapping Ovids across his head while Kaner's trying to pull you back, you'd be fired. And my response to that has been, when have we ever treated sports the way that we do life, right? Nolan Ryan and Robin Ventura didn't go to prison. Miles Garrett didn't go to jail for six months for assault. Yes. For hitting, you know, hitting Mason Rudolph in the head with a helmet over and over again uh, or swinging it at him. So it, it's just uh, th- those Michigan players didn't get arrested for assault immediately. And if you did that at, a, at an Ann Arbor bar, you'd have been arrested immediately for doing that. So it's just we, we've decided in society right or wrong. And if you wanted to make an argument that we shouldn't, I am, I'd listen to the argument. But we've decided in society that we do not treat sports the same way that we do regular life. And so that's why I look at it and say it isn't just a cut and dry, this guy gets fired immediately situation in my mind. 
Eric Kane having to hold Will West back from slapping me in the back of the head a daily occurrence here on the starting lineup. 99.1 I will, the sports I, will, I promise you this. I will never open open hand hit anybody ever. Good. That better be a closed fist and you roll it too. I want to feel all four <laughs> knuckles across my jawline. Hit, squeeze, roll. It, Hour it, three of the starting lineup. If, if you're going to do it, get your, get your money's worth, man. You know what I mean? If you're going to do it, get your money's worth. Hey, everybody, this is Dan Bespris, host of Fantasy NBA Today, a daily fantasy basketball podcast. We cover every box score from every game every day, plus bonus shows on buy low opportunities, players to stash, schedule analysis, and really anything you could need to smash your league into deliciously tiny pieces. Catch the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, part of the Believe Network, on YouTube or wherever you listen.